You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And it is Alexander Mitrovic, the main man, stepping forward. But can David Marshall keep him out? And Marshall has saved! Yes! One big yes! It's a happy ending! The Scotland for a change! The time has come! The time really has come! Oh, God. Hello and welcome to the first Terrace Scottish Football Podcast European Championship 2020 taking place in 2021 preview. This is um, this, this is something that yeah, myself and Craig here. So I'm joined by hello, Craig. Hello, Joe. How are you doing? Yes, I'm. I'm, I'm very good. Looking forward to, to the doing these. Uh, this is something we're going to do over the next week, uh, well, kind of 10 days before the European Championships start, uh, a week on Friday, when I believe Turkey are playing against Italy. So we are going to do it group by group and starting with the, the Scotland group, a sensible place to start since we're a Scottish football podcast and we are going to look at each group. We're not going to be as um, as maybe as insightful as, uh, for example, Pure Foot Football, who are doing an excellent podcast because they're getting an expert from every uh, kind of nation yeah. to talk through. They're very, uh, very good. Through. Check them out. Yes, they are. I've been listening to them and I no doubt will uh, nick a lot of stuff from there to pass over <laughs> as my own knowledge. But no, I would I would recommend uh, checking these out. These, The ones that Craig and I are doing are a bit more informal and uh, just looking at the kind of group as as a whole, and we we'll start off with Scotland. Whether this this is going to be on the main main feed, whether the the re- the next five are going to be main feed or Patreon, I'm still waiting to hear back from Fowler. But this is definitely going to be. Our, is Fowler okay? I've not we've not heard from him in days. He's been on a stag do. Oh, so <laughs> well, to answer your question, no, he's not okay. That uh, explains a lot. Work. I know he's back to work this morning, so he's probably just like um, trying to take one thing uh, one thing at a time. But we'll start with Group D. We'll start with Group D. So, of course, Scotland, we are in with England, Czech Republic and Croatia. So we're familiar with uh, with, with all, three, all three nations. So we'll leave Scotland to the end. So we're just going to quickly um, spend five, five or so minutes on each, uh, each nation. Let's start, with, let's start with England. It was been an interesting build-up for England in the last few days just because Gareth Southgate was one of the, I think, the few managers who named a bigger squad, then cut them down, and I think he was moaning about the size of the, the, the squad. And I think there were some surprises in terms of uh, players he left out. There was the expectation that Trent Alexander-Arnold would not be included, but no, he has been included alongside three other right backs. Uh, I don't know if that's just a big fuck you to Scotland. Is like, look at us, we what we're capable of doing. <laughs> but it's it's been an interesting one. And looking at the squad, there is a lot of talent there. And I I believe they are I think they are the actual tournament favourites as well I think it's going between them and France it seems to be yeah but um, yeah it seems 
Southgate. See, if I was an England fan, I'd be worried that they were all. This this is signs that they're already fucking up a really good chance to do something at the Euros. I would be worried if I was an England fan. But um, Southgate complained about a twenty-six man squad as if he was being compelled to name twenty-six players. I'm sure he could have named twenty-three if he wanted. Um, mm and kept all the other players in reserve but then he seems to have used the 26 men to cover up making or to, to prevent him from making a really difficult decision or a couple of really difficult decisions one of them being leaving out one of the right backs now uh, although at the same time a couple of them are quite versatile um, Walker can play between kind of two positions if he does play a back three he hasn't been recently but if he, if he was to move back to that like he did for the last tournament um, so he's got a, and he's played Trippier I mean I wouldn't play him at left back but he's used him as a left back so yeah. he may need to do that again um, looking at the squad but other than those kind of deficiencies Maguire obviously we don't know if he's going to be back to full fitness and Henderson but they've got a lot of really good attacking talent really exciting players it's good to see like Jude, even Jude Bellingham in there and it's not like a Theo Walcott just take him and just for the experience and he's uh, chuck him on and actually done something yeah he, he's got a bit of pedigree already and and looks different from anything else they have in the centre midfield and could very well get quite a lot of quite a lot of game time yeah that, that's looking at the looking at the squad and Looking through England's qualification, their uh, Nations Nations League and uh, the World Cup qualifiers is for the, the concern for England is uh, Southgate has come across as a man who is complaining that his wallet is far too small for his fifties, and he has the air of a man who over the like the last last few years, the air of a man has gone under an image change after a difficult divorce, but deep down. Underneath all, he's still a bumbling idiot, and that's where uh, that's where I think England could slip up because I think they are caught between. It's this is a difficult one whether they are. It, it's it's a good thing or a bad thing is that it seems to be caught between two potential formations. I was looking at some of the England uh, experts in the Athletic, and they really couldn't looking at it through all their 11s and how they would set up it was either uh, the 3-4-3 or uh, 4-3-3 and they couldn't really decide and then the only two names who were who seemed to be in everyone's starting 11 is uh, John Stones and Harry Kane so you can look at it both ways uh, look at it two ways you've got there's absolutely brilliant choice available to Southgate or there's going to be an uncertainty it's like he doesn't know what his best 11 is with with England, especially with the kind of progress of likes of Mason Mount, Phil Foden, uh, Jack Grealish, um, can play a, a couple of different ways. Is that with with those they can play a more controlled kind of manner for, uh, through midfield. Whereas on the other side, where you've got Jaden Sancho, Marcus Rashford, um, Ryan uh, Ryan Sterling, we've got this, there's so much pace that can uh, that can trouble teams in behind. And but you just wonder with England, especially in the group stage, where they're going to dominate games that counter-attacking threat they, mo- they maybe don't need that as much yeah they'll get through the group no bother though I think I, I think that goes without saying I think what you're saying there between not knowing sorry about not knowing the 
best formation, not even knowing between a back three and a back four. I think that's obviously been disrupted by the injury to Maguire because he probably mm-hmm. would have at least started the tournament with the back four uh, with Stones and Maguire. But that's maybe up in the air a wee bit now and means he could go to a back three with, with kind of Kyle Walker uh, as that right-sided centre-back like he does for, for Man City. But I, I totally agree with what you were saying before. I think if they had a better manager, they would... They, they would be going into this looking like I'd be looking at them saying like they could really win this like if they had Fabio Capello now or something like that then you'd look at them and think now this is a this is a tasty side with, with a good manager a good tactician that could take them really deep if not all the way but I'm just not that convinced about Southgate and he um, his teams don't score much from open play and uh, they don't in England as a nation don't beat anybody decent and knock out matches. That could change. That could change, obviously. But um, that, that that's their form, and they're, they're the big underachievers of international football. So, but uh, they'll get through this group, no bother, definitely. But the thing is, they've got a very young, exciting, vibrant squad, and the next manager that they appoint could really do something with this young crop of players that's coming through. Because, like players like Foden, I mean, he he's. I know it seems like obvious to say, but he's like the kind of guy that you you want to really keep your eye on in this tournament because he's the kind of guy that could just be really special throughout it. Yeah, definitely. We've got a few who I'm really, really want, uh, really keen on on watching uh, Mason Mount and uh, Foden and Sancho in, in, in particular. I just just got a real feeling about Southgate is that uh, they will get through our. Get through the group, and I'm sure they'll play a Wembley again at some point uh, before the final. And the England fans just turning on Southgate when he replaces Harry uh, Harry Kane with uh, Dominic Calver Lewin after like 57 minutes uh, as, as they struggle. Um, moving on to move on to Croatia, and it was interesting with Croatia. Was the, the first the first thing the first thing you do when looking at the looking at each of the nations and what is expected of them you just go straight for their squad and one of those teams on paper you think I they're they're still pretty good they've um, they've got Luka obviously they've still got um, Luka Modric in midfield Matic uh, Kovacic Marcello uh, Brozovic and uh like Vrisalco in, in defence of Borna Barisic where we all, we all know so they've, they've got quality in there but when you start to dig a little bit deeper uh, they don't, they're not as good as maybe people might think on the surface This is going to be my first bold prediction Croatia to finish bottom of the group Maybe not oh, bottom, really? but I think I don't think they're going to do that well. Uh, maybe not bottom, but they're they're not going to do that well. I think there's a good chance that Croatia will be one of the teams, one of the big teams that um, that, that that fall on their arse. You always get a couple at a tournament, mm. and this is this is my first bold prediction. It'll be them. They're slightly in transition as uh, Rakitic is retired, Mandzukic is retired, uh, Subotic was that the name of the Subotic, the goalkeeper. Subicic, he's retired as well. Yeah. So they're, they're in a little bit of a transition. Uh, you kind of touched upon it there. They don't have much depth to their side. Um, Versaico, for instance, has struggled with fitness issues and they don't really have a good backup right back. Um, they've conceded a lot of goals in the Nations League last year. Um, I've got their results. I'm sure I dropped it in at the group chat last night when I was researching yeah, it. Yeah, so that's something I looked at. They drew with, uh, they drew with Armenia last night. Which yeah, is and they, a, they, uh, wasted, they wasted a lot of chances. But the, the results in the Nations League, um, they won one of their matches last year in the Nations League, which is over Sweden. And then their other results, which they lost all of, were 4-1, 4-2, 2-1, 2-1, and 3-2. 
and that was one of them was to Sweden and the other four were against France and Portugal now obviously they're decent sides but they're yeah. conceding a lot of goals uh, they conceded to Armenia last night I mean let's be honest that game last night had a bit of a exhibition match feel to it and this tournament has this this is this is tournament's coming after a weird season there's lots of players with heavy legs you could see some players that have spent time out injured during the season uh, a lot fresher and 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 have an advantage because of that you could see some squad selections or some uh, sorry not squad selections but team selections be not what we quite expect because there'll be some players have come off like I say a long season lots of matches mm-hmm. crammed into a short space of time um, and they might go for fresher legs so I think some of these warm-up matches were, will be played at a slower pace so we can't really take too much from Croatia drawing with Armenia last night but I think the bigger body of evidence shows that they are a team with they're they're better they do better when they're underrated and they're, and they're an underdog they thrive on being an underdog and they have raised expectations after Russia and I, yeah. I just think there's ingredients there for them to maybe be one of the flops of the tournament. Yeah, I think that's, that, that's, a, that's a good shout. Uh, that is actually a good shout because you, you do mention, you made good points about Armenia, but like you said, it's, the, it's just part of wider evidence of how they could struggle because uh, since the start of qualifying for Euros, they have uh, failed to beat Hungary, Tunisia, Azerbaijan, Wales, You've mentioned Portugal, France, and Sweden, and then Slovenia as well. And then within those, they've had like they've had quite a few narrow victories as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so after Cyprus was one, and then I think they beat Malta three 0 at home, and yeah, yeah. I think Azerbaijan they beat maybe beat two one. I think, um, but it's, it, in, in terms of in, in terms of how they play, is they will look to, I think they will look to dominate possession, especially against. I reckon Scotland will be very much uh, happy for them to have the ball during qualification the average more than 60% um, and you look at you look where their strengths are it's Luka Modric and uh, this is the centre midfield the centre midfield is absolutely world class yeah they have to leave players out that are world class yeah they've got they've got technicians in there and even someone like um Milan uh, butchery surname uh, Bedell. Uh, <laughs> there's a J in there, but I'll say Bedell. I, uh, he, I'm sure he used to play for uh, Fiorentina, and I was always really impressed with just his, um, just the way he was control, uh, able to control the game. So there's a wee bit of depth, uh, depth there. You've got uh, obviously be centered around uh, Modric, and they'll, they'll, they'll build around that. Nikola Vlasic and uh, Ivan Perisic look like the probably the the ones you have to look out for in that transition from midfield to midfield to attack because they don't have a a, a Mandzukic in, in in attack but they have replaced them with Bruno Pekovic who one of the most interesting I think players in in, in this group just because his the place for Dino was a great but his like career as a whole has been pretty underwhelming for a striker. Doesn't score regularly, but he seems to be one of those those players, like a like a David Healy with Northern Ireland. When he gets on the international stage, he just he he he, he brings he brings something else to the table, brings something different. And I think that's a big thing. Is that because he's um he's a more towering physical presence that he does offer Croatia a little bit something if they do need to need to go direct and of course with uh, Borna Barisic with his uh, with his delivery so the, the Croatia it, 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 Croatia a team who I if they if they everything t- like clicks they will do really well I think but I think it is uh, I think it's more likely for everything not to click and for them to be uh, the underwhelming 
I, you mentioned Perisic there. He, that, that's one of the things I love about Croatia. Just fucking cool players. They just always have cool players. And Perisic mm-hmm. is one of the, those ones at, uh, at the moment. Him and uh, Rebic. But you look back, they had like Robert Prozanecki and Davor Sukar and I, I don't know. All, all they've just they've and they've got a cool strip. They've just got this like yeah, really yeah. unique. But strip. my one, my, I mean, you, you mentioned they were the cool players. My one was always Dario Serna. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Played for uh, Shakhtar Donetsk, and uh, just because of football, I was brilliant on football manager. But yeah, uh, (laughs) he was—he just always seemed so, so good on international, uh, on the international stage. Zvomir Boban, Boban, yeah. Amazing. So many, so many cool players who just just made made that strip pop even more. Move on to Czech Republic. Let's do it. So yes, the, the Czechs again, another team Scotland have been pretty familiar with uh, recently. So, defeated them recently they they are a team I think who are probably on on the rise so if uh, you you talked about Croatia being in a state of transition I think uh, Czech Republic uh, have a team who I think are building something strong it's not it's not a a Czech Republic team that we might know back from like the the two thousands, where you did have uh, like Barosh, Thomas Ufalusi, uh, Nedved, Mark, uh, Marigan Kolovsky, and all those cool players. But it is a team who I think uh, probably are could be felt under in the underdog category in terms not in terms of winning the tournament, but doing surprisingly well. Yeah, and a, another team that, um, although I'd say to a lesser extent, but another team that thrive on on being underdogs but yeah you're right mm-hmm. that their their manager again pronunciations is Sil- Silve or something like that he took over when they were at quite a low ebb with um both the national team and the Czech FA um really unpopular and he um he's yeah you're right he he's taken a team that lacked any stars and made them into a unit. He's restored the pride in the jersey. He's got them all kind of motivated. His team's based on being a unit and working hard. But they also have sprinklings of quality there with the likes mm-hmm. of Schick and uh, Sushek has announced himself on on the scene recently. Uh, Kufal's also played well for West Ham. They, they, they seem to be one of these sides who have benefited from the tournament being put back a year. And while they are, they don't look like a, a really impressive side. They're very similar to us in the fact that they seem to have a decent manager who understands how to set up a team for international football and has some quality in his team and have the potential to finish bottom of the group with zero points, but also have the potential to maybe maybe go through to the quarterfinals or something like that. Because what, what the really interesting thing about this group actually is that the team that finishes second plays second from Spain, Slovakia. Poland and Sweden, Sweden. Poland. and yeah. the winner of the group plays second from France, Portugal, Germany, and Hungary. So it's going to be really interesting. I mean, England could run away with the group. It could be, it could be more competition than that, and they could finish second. I can't see them finishing outside the, the top two positions. But whoever does finish second is going to be very, very. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting Happy. draw for them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that is something that I was going to mention. Just the end, it's just such an interesting dynamic. Just not in uh, in terms of where you want to finish. Even 
it's obviously uh, it's difficult to predict who you're going to play if you finish third, just because I think that's that's kind of up in the air and depending uh, on how well you do. It's, it's not worth trying to calculate that. It's, that's no. just too complicated to think about that I, part. I had a wee look and yeah. I just said, uh, like, no, I'll, uh, I'll leave that headache for another day. <laughs> but, so that's an interesting dynamic. And then you've also got the dynamic where it's a, not a quirky group, but quite a, probably say a kind of balanced group because you have uh, have England who have just full of star quality. Croatia are a team with big names, but are maybe, whether they're uh, on the transition, regression, but Czech Republic who are a bit of an underdog, well organised on the rise. And then you have uh, you have Scotland back to their first tournament and in, 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 in so long. Czech Republic, they, they, do, uh, they, they, they do just look like a, and, and just no, just have to say, but an international team because it's always said that on an international stage, managers don't get the chance to really kind of put the mark because they, they see the players so little. They, it's, I think it's it's kind of sometimes hard to shape a uh, shape an identity or certainly shape a uh, team to be an attacking outlet. So they have a very organised very re- uh, resolute uh, squad, and they will they'll make it difficult for Croatia. They'll make it difficult for. They'll make it difficult for England, and I do see with them playing Scotland in the opener, which is just, all games are massive, but this one is just huge, just in terms of uh, building that momentum early on to for either Czech Republic or Scotland to try and get through. I can see it being a very, very cagey affair. There, like you said, there, there are similarities there where they've got they, they have quality in certain areas. Centre back for Czech Republic is, I think, or defence as a whole is one that is yeah. So it's, it's something that can be targeted, and I do. I would love. We'll come on to Scotland, and I'll, I'll talk about what I'd like to see. But uh, Dykes and potentially Adams both start and really kind of put pressure on that uh, uh, that defence. Thomas Callas, I think, is their their main one. He's at Bristol City. Uh, having previously, I think, we sat like Chelsea for a number of years and just kept kept getting loaned out. And actually, from what the the little I've seen of him, but more of what I've read about, him, quite like the sound of him. I think he's quite a, a solid defender, but it's he's uh, whether he is of international class. To go back to something that you were saying before about that, when we're talking about it being an interesting group, I just think if you look at other than Scotland v England, if you look at the head to heads of the respective teams because we go in underdogs against I mean everybody don't we and but we have a good record against the Czech Republic and we have a good record against Croatia Croatia beat England in qualifying and England Croatia Croatia have had hey, some Czech Republic beat England in qualifying yeah sorry and then Croatia have had some fantastic results against um, England one thing I'll say about uh, the Czech Republic before moving on to Scotland is when you get these groups, you always look for the, the, the teams. You kind of think, sit down and when your when your nation's not involved, like yeah, I want to sit down and watch them and uh, look forward to doing so. I don't think Czech Republic are going to be one of those teams. Because like I said, it's going to be very cagey against Scotland, and I think they will be pretty um, solid. Is probably the most uh, the most praiseworthy of you about say, Czech Republic. Yeah, they, they, I mean they could turn up and and draw get a couple of draws and uh, or sneak a win somewhere and, and they seem to be like they're going to be that kind of team if they do progress or go to the quarters or whatever but yeah you're right they're not going to be they, they don't they don't scream that they're going to be this football team the likes of like 2004 or uh, some other better kind of Czech teams of the past No I think if there's if there's a player who kind of 
sums up his. Uh, if I'm, I think you'll you, you'll play as the attacking mid in a four-two-three-one. It's uh, Derida who plays for Hertha Berlin. I just think he is uh, as a ten. He is uh, like hard working, but I don't think he'll have that. Uh, he doesn't have that creative quality. So I mean, we kind of mentioned the obvious ones, didn't we? The uh, talking about kind of like key players or ones to look out for. Uh, uh, Patrick Schick is of Leverkusen's one to watch. He's he. I think he might have went off form a wee bit towards the end of the season. Look, he's another one who I think spent part of the season out injured and could be one of these players that's kind of like fresher going into this tournament. And yeah, as we already uh, mentioned, there's Sushek, but also alongside him, uh, Alex Kral, who I read this morning actually, there was already rumours that. Um, West Ham were interested in him but it looks like they're trying to sign him up before the tournament he's a one to look out for he has a kind of sort of gingery I was going to call it a perm there but I think it's more of a kind of like afro-y thing going on so he will uh, stand out for his appearance if not his uh, abilities Ah uh, yes I did see him uh, compared to David Luiz that was it, David Luiz lookalike. Looks Yeah, so let's uh, let's uh, switch across to. It is quite permy. I've just looked. I've just googled it, and it is, it is, oh, is more permy than I remembered when I first saw it. Anyway, sorry. Then, uh, yeah, I think uh, all bizarre haircuts are very much welcome at tournaments. Moving to Scotland, um, where Lyndon Dykes may well have one of those hair, uh, haircuts to, uh, that will become iconic. Hopefully, what color is it right now? Is it did he dye it blue for the tournament? Because he dyed it blue at one point, didn't he? He, died, he did dye it blue at one point, but I think it was more uh, QPR when he was doing his. So he did a, uh, uh, it was described as a secret training camp in Scotland. But I was like, how could it be secret when he put it all across social media? So when he did it with a uh, Neil McCann, Billy Dodd, and yeah. um, Barry Wilson. I think it was just it was just uh, 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 shaving quite 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 thin. So at the moment, I think he is just uh, keeping us all in suspense. So looking at Scotland, how just straight off the bat, how are you feeling about it? Just both as both as a fan and what are your expectations of us at the tournament are? I'm really excited. Um, I mean, that goes without saying. I'm sure every Scotland fan is excited, <laughs> yeah. but I'm excited about our prospects as well I mean I, I totally understand that there's a good chance that we lose all three matches That I mean that's or, or, or draw one and go out meekly or something like that I mean I, I'm aware that that's a distinct possibility with Scotland but when you look at it as well if it was any other nation and you were looking at it you'd think well the manager seems to know what he's doing mm-hmm. there are some players playing at, not just at, in a big league but at big teams in a big league or some supposed big teams in the case of Kieran Tierney but they with obvious deficiencies but they seem to have a team spirit and I know this gets chucked about too much and a bit of a cliche but um, he's, Clark's really fostered a, a sort of club mentality there he's been consistent with his selections to, to kind of build that team spirit and with players like Lyndon Dykes and characters, I should say, like Lyndon Dykes and uh, John McGinn and the likes around, I just think there's 
there's potential for us to go deep in this tournament and I think the format allows that I have to say that if it wasn't for this format I would not be talking like this because I would just be saying if it's only two teams going through in this group I'd say we'd have to do something special to get through this group mm. we'd have to perform above where we've performed before uh, in, in, in results if not performances and but, but because of this pretty much everybody goes through after you've played all these group games there's a good chance that we could sneak a win and that'd be enough I mean there's, is, is there not a possibility that you can go through with two points as well I mean I suppose it depends on what happens on in other groups but I think last time one team went through with two points so I think, I think that was I think that was the case I was just uh, just when you're when you're when you're saying that, I was just going to check uh, yeah I'm check pretty sure that's off the top of my head I've not uh I haven't looked at that. It's just a, a, a kind of vague memory that I have. It was a, a number of years ago now, but um, yes. Yeah, so, no, so it, it seemed it seemed that uh, all uh, in the last tournament, all the, the four teams went through. Either had four or three points. Maybe it was Portugal dependent went, on a. La- maybe there was a team that was Portugal went had through a chance with or something. Right. Okay. Maybe there was a team going into the last. Like after the last, before the last group had played or something, there was a team with two points that had a chance. Maybe it was something like that. But anyway, uh, or maybe I've just spoken shite for the last minute. But <laughs> my general point is that the uh, the format allows me to be excited of the chances of Scotland qualifying from this group because we have a good record against the Czech Republic. We have a good record against Croatia, England. Anything we get from that for me is a bonus. Um, as I. I I kind of hate this mentality, but I just don't want to get scudded in that game. If I, I, I don't mind losing that game because they are clearly a lot better than us. But the other two teams, I mean, I'm talking about World Cup finalists here, I know, but the other two teams, I think <laughs> we can get at them. I think I think we can do something people against gonna be, them. People are going to be listening to you, Craig, and just like rubbing their hands like, yes, this, this, is, this, is, this is a chat we do. Because like, everything you've, so much you've said, I, I completely agree with, and especially the, the club mentality. This is the first time I've really uh, felt that there's like a, um, just kind of real togetherness between the not only just the, the, the squad but the squad and the, the Tartan Army or the squad the, the, the nation are really behind the team I think it's a very likeable team um, I, I think that that, that that does and can uh, count, count for a lot I know it's it's much easier to do when you have to build that when you actually have qualified for uh, for a tournament and for uh, players to be more upbeat and just fans to be more upbeat in, in general but it does seem like with, with Clark he has maybe it's, it's a criticism by some but he's been loyal to a lot of players which again does help foster that that mentality where uh, players who you know are going to turn up like Stephen O'Donnell not the great season for Motherwell but you know under Steve Clark that he is going to put in put in a shift and uh, you kind of know what, what to ex- expect from him do you think if Scotland don't reach the knockout stages for the first time in our history do you think that can be classed do you think it should be classed as a failure I mean again this format just makes that a difficult one to answer um, because you're effectively if you're thinking about if you're thinking about third you're effectively competing against teams that you have no control that you you don't play like from other groups you know what I mean you've just got no control over so I mean my instinct when you were asking the question was yes because I am positive about the players that we have the manager Mm -hmm. that we have 
And even though I, I just think the group, I'm positive because I think it just looks like one that could go any way. It could just be one of these kind of really difficult to predict groups because I know that we're, we're playing teams that, I mean, Czech Republic, fuck knows if they're better than us, but Croatia are obviously better than us. And England are obviously better than us, but I, I just trust in Steve Clark, man. Did that even answer your question? I think I just went off piste from what you even no, asked I, me. I think, I think I got a small yes out of you. <laughs> but I, I, I do, I think if, if we if we beat Czech Republic in the, in the opener, I think just that, just the the sheer elation just around the nation and the fact that we're playing two games at Hamden and then well, three games in the UK. Two home games with that, fans for the first time in this country. I mean, effectively for the first time in this country. I know there's been yeah. a couple of... Uh, a couple of test ma- uh, test matches, that's cricket. You know what I mean? The test events and um, the the playoffs had a limited amount. In, but this is the first time it's like a high-profile televised matches are going to have like loads of fans in. So um, I think that really, again, works in our favour. Mm-hmm. I do. That, that's it. I think if, if we beat Beach uh, Republic, I do think just that the, the noise will be created. I think rather than be a burden on Scotland, I think it will spur us on and... Uh, go down to England uh, go down to Wembley with, with real confidence whether we will get anything from that but I do think beating Croatia is very much a possibility after possibly uh, uh, straight away but even more so after beating beating Czech Republic especially if there's the there's, be, uh, be quite nice like if it's that going in that final game there's kind of tension where as a, a draw will kind of ensure third, a win will ensure second. It will be uh, being nervous, and I think that just you want these matches to be as big as possible, just to enjoy them. And with that, do you have any idea what? Sorry, which, uh, which eleven Steve Clark will select? Because it's something we've talked about in the the group chat, or other guys have talked about in the group chat, where they've been finding it hard to pick an 11 I think you said it where there's there's maybe six or seven who are almost dead certs but then other, after that it's, it's 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 kind of hard to predict yeah I mean I don't know if I'm being stupid or not but I'm just I'm really unsure about which goalkeeper's going to start I think mm. I'll make I, I think it'll be obvious after these warm-up matches um <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe it will be but um I, I don't know just with, with Gordon playing uh a couple of games recently and Marshall making a few errors mm-hmm. I'm just not sure whether but then those squad numbers came out and he got number one but at the same time would you want to ahead of the tournament would you want to like not give him the number one when it's kind of up in the air and he's the guy that's kind of the, the iconic kind of image of us getting there uh, with him saving the penalty and, and all that kind of stuff so I don't know I'm really confused about the goalkeeper at the moment but I don't know if I'm just being yeah. thick there but the rest of the team I think pretty much I think it looks like it's going to be Henry Hanley Tierney O'Donnell and Robertson um, then McTominay McGregor McGinn and then it's going to be two from Christie Adams and Dykes I think that's how we're going to start the tournament um, I, I think the attack will maybe change depending on who we who we're playing against um, I mean, Fraser could be an option depending on how fit he is and moving McGinn forward instead Sorry, moving McGinn back is shown he's done before as well and played him in, uh, instead of McGregor. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know whether he's going to go. I don't know whether he's going to start with a front two, or whether he's going to go with one up front, and whether if it is one, whether that would be Adams or Dykes. But other than that, and the goalkeeper, I think the rest of the team pretty much is. I think it's quite obvious what he's going to go with. So do you think that McTominay, because that's, that's that's a big one, that's a big question, do you think McTominay is going to step into midfield rather than uh, looking at uh, playing at centre-back? Because looking at the squad, uh, when I was trying to decide my, my 11, I, I thought looking at centre-backs that McTominay will still be in the back. I think he might go with Henry. I think he, I just think that with Henry having a good season and him, being, him getting a few games in the World Cup qualifiers sorry I was trying to remember which competition it was um, the, the <laughs> yeah, last season the last two seasons are so difficult to remember like specific events and moments and things uh, like it's just so many things merging. I have to ask so many times was this last season or the season before mm-hmm. that so yeah I think with him coming in for those matches I think he'll probably go with that because he said that before one of the Clark said before one of the matches in the press conference that he, he couldn't ignore how well McTominay had been playing for Man United in centre midfield and I think that I think that's a sign that he's going to go with that I mean if, there's an argument that McTominay has been for his for their club sides McTominay has been the best Scottish player uh, over the last season so to then take him to a tournament and play him out of that position would be a big call I think I think he's got that right centre midfield position nailed on. I'm, I'm making so many predictions on whether over the next few <laughs> no, days. It's, it's, it's good, it's good. I mean, how many of these are going to blow up in my face? I, I do. I, I think you're spot on about Clark. Look at the squad. One thing I really do like about the squad is the uh, variety, the versatility that he can mix and match and kind of change the attacking dynamic depending on who we're playing for. For example, Czech Republic, I would love Scotland to just go out there and go, right, we are uh, going to get in their faces. We're going to get the ball into Dykes. We're going to get the ball into Adams and, and play them as a, as a front two with um, Fraser and behind and move McGinn back to play alongside. You know what? I would love Billy Gilmore just to play, <laughs> uh, to, to, to have that kind of Ryan Jack role, that controlling midfield role and then have McTominay in the back line with Hanley and uh, Tierney with uh, O'Donnell and and Robertson's as uh, Robertson as as the wing backs. Personally, I think Craig Gordon is the the, the better goalkeeper. We've uh, I think seen it over the past season. I think Marshall's had a different club career, uh, club season, but he's also had some errors uh, recently for Scotland. But I do think Clark will go for uh, will go for loyalty and he'll, he'll stick with stick with Marshall, which I think could come back and bite uh, Scotland uh, Scotland and Arse. But no, I don't think he's going to be as um, as uh, gung ho or as uh, positive as uh, I, would, I would like him to with that with, with, with that selection. But just before moving on, just having just the inclusion of Gilmore and Patterson is I do think is is, is an exciting aspect of Scotland uh, Scotland squad. And I don't think uh, I think if both were required, then they're not there to make up the numbers. I think they are talent-wise good enough to come in and not look out of place at all. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, I, I don't think um, these players are going to start. I think he's going to be loyal to O'Donnell uh, and to the other players, uh, the other central midfielders, uh, uh, other than the, the couple of players you've mentioned there. But I think, yeah, if Turnbull, Gilmore, or Patterson are called upon or get minutes in this tournament I totally agree it's not going to be to to make up numbers it's going to be 
because they because Clark believes they have the ability to step in if required and maybe make the team better or at least if not in the next few matches then in, in years to come but it's, it's, it's just it's, it's class we've got uh, Molly Mountain Pound strikers uh, Andy Robertson who who's admittedly says that he doesn't he, he, he doesn't play the way he does for uh, Scotland as he does for Liverpool just because the nature of how Scotland play uh, as a whole I think more is required of from defensively more responsibility but having him at Liverpool Kieran Tierney who I think is just a phenomenon John I was McGinn. going to say when you had asked me what style do they play all I'd written down for Scotland was get Kieran Tierney to do stuff that just seems to be our, our, our we're set we're set up so that Kieran Tierney can just go do stuff He's our most he's our most creative player, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm absolutely here for it because <laughs> you, you see so something that uh, frustrates me in football is when you see a centre back like just uh, who's, who's almost timid with the ball. He doesn't uh, take space. Tierney will take space. He'll drive forward, and I think he just has that he has that chaos factor. And in Scotland, should be an identity of ours as a chaos factor. You've got that in Dykes. You've got that in, in Tierney. You've got that in McGinn. I think McGinn is set up to have a. Um, a momentous, momentous tournament, and uh, it is it's really, really exciting. Um, it's really, really exciting. Uh, looking ahead to, looking ahead to Scotland's campaign, and uh, then the natural come down when we lose all three matches. When we lose one nil to Czech Republic from a Thomas Callas header, and we've not had one shot on target, and our yeah. tournament's effectively over. The only thing I'll say is that with, with Scotland, never lost to Croatia beat Czech Republic recently and then with England you only have to look at their goalkeepers Jordan Pickford key attribute his feet which is great for a goalkeeper Dean Henderson error prone well I think so because he made an egregious error against Liverpool for Sheffield United Sam Johnson who Harry Maguire described as having flaws perfect for a centre back Connor Cody Connor Cody plays for Wolves Um, John Stones (laughs) If you think of the worst traits that get bandied about about John Souter and Paul Hanlon, combine them, and that's what you have in John Stones. And then you have players like Ben Chilwell, Reese James, who just sound like rugby players. So there's nothing Scotland should be afraid of in this group. Scotland's atop the group then? No, perverse British second second, so we don't have to play Germany, France, or Portugal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, well, let's finish it there. And uh, well, that was very, very enjoyable. Went on longer than expected. Uh, As or always. Kind of what we did expect. But thank you very much, Craig. Nice one, man. Cheers. That's fine. We don't have to. Sports Social Podcast Network.